Hello, hello. Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. And today, we're going to go back to my roots here and talk something that I feel like I haven't talked about in a long time, and it's football. It's been a couple months. Okay, it's been a month since the Super Bowl, but I love talking football. Unfortunately, I have not spent the time to talk about football because it's been the offseason. I find the offseason to be way too whatever's, like boring, annoying, leave it to like the real analyst. However, today I want to talk specifically about the X. F Bell. So, I have to get this out of the way first. If you are new to the podcast, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you fall asleep, relax, get your mind off of your day, and to a certain extent, I feel like my voice may or may not cure insomnia. Probably not. Don't sue me. But <laughs> don't. But seriously, if you're a first-time listener, I try to provide value. And a lot of these things, uh, I do talk about a variety of subjects. Uh, some of it's either sports betting, startups, a lot of sleep-related items. Uh, but generally things that interest me. And the whole idea is to talk about these things uh, that provide you value. But really, at the end of the day, uh, people just tend to yawn and fall asleep uh, when I speak for long periods of time. It's happened in client meetings. It's happened with friends. I might be boring. Who knows? Or maybe it's just my voice. Uh, but it seems to be working for some people. So uh, hopefully you guys will be someone that is uh, that, that falls to my sleepy charms, I should say. Um, but enough being stupid, guys. Um, I know some of you are finding like these uh, NFL gambling XFL episodes. And if you are someone who's just more interested in the XFL in general, or you want to hear more of the analysis and thoughts and kind of like where it's headed, I, I think that I think this episode is probably go, going to be for you. Uh, and of course, if you're someone who's looking for XFL betting strategy or um, like top players or that stuff, uh, it's probably not going to be the case, at least in this episode. But I do believe that the XFL has enough information to dissect a little bit more, discuss, and I... I don't know. I feel like there's one, not enough XFL coverage um, these days. And it's interesting because while it is a new league and it's only been four weeks since it started and this is week five coming up, that uh, I, I think, I don't know, I wanted to have a real assessment for before I gave a, uh, you know, a shoot from the hip hot take or a take. So yes, this is probably a lukewarm take here for a lot of these. These aren't going to be hot takes. Uh, if you're someone who's interested in the XFL or has an interest with the XFL in some way, shape, or form with uh, betting or whatever, um, this still may be of relevance. But, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to give you guys uh, at least my thoughts with the XFL. Um, not that my thoughts are any more important than anyone else's, but uh, a lot of the things I like to talk about is how or I like to talk about the trends of the XFL and where the direction of that's going. 
And that stuff interests me a lot more. And I don't know if you're interested in that stuff. Because if you're not, well, then I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to uh, hit you up in Snoozeville in like an hour or two. Or maybe you'll fall asleep after 20 minutes of me talking. Who knows? But if you're unfamiliar with the XFL, the XFL is a new football league uh, funded, started, and pretty much being operated by uh, Vince McMahon himself. He, I think he is currently the chairman, or he owns, uh, well, I know he owns WWE. Uh, in my opinion, my personal opinion, Vince himself is a genius. He is a true visionary, and I respect the hell out of the guy. And, you know, in those frameworks, you know, taking away his other failures aside, uh, and I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the XFL before, at least assuming you are over the age of 20. When the XFL first debuted, I believe in 2001, uh, it had a massive viewership, uh, and this was, you know, it, it was supposed to be like the hard nose, in your face, rough, like manly man sport of football, the way, you know, we all kind of imagined it, at least back in like the 80s, or we saw the old clips. Um, but that was before kind of like the player safety came out, and people and more football players have been humanized and everything else back then. But but the old XFL had its had a lot of things that didn't go like outside of the great marketing and the great initial interest it didn't have a good product it didn't have good staying power and uh so failure aside uh vince mcmahon you know he, he he's a business guy he looks at things he looks at things objectively he he wants to try new things that are either innovative or try to change change the landscape of things. And the fact that this is his second try at hand in trying to uh, influence football or create his own football league uh, is very intriguing because most people would just have given up. Uh, but Vince, uh, I think not even six months ago, no, it was at least six months, about like a year or two ago, I mean, he stood up, he had his own, like, press conference. Personally, I think, like, the court, the, the graphics are corny, uh, but it's really just like a, like a video that said, hey, you know, we're here to make football fun again. I'm here. That's a statement. Like, if there was, like, no frills. It was just like, hey, we're doing this. It's happening. And he, you know, I feel like the hype that came around the XFL this time around was nowhere as much as it was last time, and that's a good thing. But the XFL itself is a new league, uh, probably not designated to compete against the NFL, at least as of yet, but it seems to be a good feeder league or a good uh, in-between league for people who love football. And I would say are for football diehards. So, it, so when it comes to um, college football or national football, I feel like there is a space in between that makes a lot of sense for that. And I think the XFL uh, is actively trying to become that, like, that that middleman, at least for now. So, outside of what is the XFL, like, you know, what's the difference between the XFL and the NFL? Or what are the rules changes that, you know, some of you, if you're unfamiliar with, like, what are they? So, if you're someone who's on the fence with the NFL uh, and you haven't spent the time to read up in the XFL, and that's completely understandable. The XFL is currently comprised of eight teams, um, Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, DC Defenders. In early January, uh, the XFL 
league uh, did release some new rules. Uh, they released a lot of rules at that point, but, uh, but I wanted to point out the specific rule differences between the two leagues. And I wanted to point this out. Uh, this came from Sporting News, or at least this quote, uh, which was quoted from someone else. But, uh, but according to an XFL commissioner, Oliver Luck, he said what we did was listen to fans. He said in a statement. Uh, the, I think the slogan for XFL is for the love of football. So really, if you're just a diehard football fan, they are striving to create a product that that makes people love football even more or that fits the the needs for these football people that love that they love. So um, and to continue with the statement, he says, uh, and what they told us is that they love the game, but they would like it a little bit more faster pace and with a little bit more excitement. They thought there was too much idle time. Uh, we tried to listen to what they didn't want also. They didn't want gimmicks or other things that were inauthentic. They didn't want to be complicit when it comes to player safety. So what we need to do is take the great game and make it a little bit better. So yeah, they jazzed it up a bit. Which is pretty insane considering, uh, not to go completely off a tangent, but I feel like baseball needs that and not the XFL. So uh, that's, yeah, so... Uh, but, you know, there's a market for the XFL, or, or the NFL. There is a huge market for football. So the XFL, um, they're not really changing the sport entirely, but they did create some um, innovative rules, and just wanted to go with it. So uh, um, most of these are going to be pointing out strictly from uh, sportingnews.com because I didn't want to dive through, like, every specific rule. Um, but most of the rules that I really like are mentioned in this article. So I just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, I'll link to the article in the uh, description, so feel free to take a look at that as well as timestamps for certain parts of the uh, podcast that might be intriguing to you. Figured why not. So for one, uh, the XFL kickoffs and punts, completely different. Now, the biggest thing that people love about, at least I love about the XFL when I watch it, when I, when I watch it, uh, is that players cannot move until the ball, until the ball is caught by the returner. So, similarly on punts, the punting team cannot release uh, past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. The XFL rulebook is made in, in a way to encourage kickoff, kickoffs and punts. And more specifically in the XFL website, the rules for the kickoffs is that I believe, I mentioned here, five, game, yeah, five gameplay innovations here. So, the player kicks from the 30-yard line and must kick the ball in the air and play in between the opponent's 20-yard line and the end zone. So you're effectively going to be catching the ball between the 20-yard line and the end zone. And, uh, it, and I think kicking the ball from so far back really discourages touchbacks. And with the opposing team, the coverage team lines up on the return side at the 35-yard line. And the return team lines up at the own 30-yard line. Each team must have exactly three players outside of the hash marks on both sides of the ball and cannot move until the ball is caught by the returner. Out-of-bounds kicks and kicks that fall short of the 20-yard line will result in an illegal procedure penalty, taking the ball all the way out to the kicking team's 45-yard 40 line. Players can move the ball when the ball is touched by the returner or three seconds after the ball touches the ground uh, when the official waves his hand down. The ball is kicked in the end zone and it's down as a major touchback, and the ball is placed on the, at, at the return side 35-yard yard line. If the ball is inbounds and is caught in the end zone and is downed in the end zone, then the ball is placed on the return side, 15-yard line. If, yeah, and then there's a few more. But uh, 
Oh yeah, and then if a team wishes to onside kick, I must indicate this to the, to the official before it and to play, and the two teams are permitted to line up using traditional NFL rules to be 10 yards apart, and there will be no surprise onside kicks. That's fine. So, at least with the XFL rules there, and seeing it in action, the uh, how, how they do the kickoffs is kind of well, what I mentioned, but essentially teams are lined up, I believe, five yards apart in the 30 and 35 yard lines on the receiving end teams, and they officially are able to block, move, or whatever once the returner catches the ball. Uh, this looks like it's a like hyped up, like slingshotty version of a standard NFL play or a standard like football play where people are lined up on offensive defense, uh, you know, covering wide, covering wide receivers. The only difference is that you cannot pass the ball, so it's a strictly run run play. But we are seeing a lot of cool and unique variations to where when players co collide or not running down full speed and at each other, they're both meeting like after a two and a yeah, two and a half yard run or maybe you know three or four yard uh, you know block catch you know run whole thing words, <laughs> but. Essentially, the collisions are lowered from like full speed to like th three to five yards between people, which obviously people aren't going to get the max speed, so that that helps player safety. But the but you also have the blend of the return, and I think we had our first kickoff return about two weeks ago, which is super cool. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was on a uh, like a re like a reverse like a reverse uh, lateral. It was pretty. It was pretty sick. So. Uh, so yeah, they penalize a lot of passive play big time. It creates a lot of shorter, shorter drives if the, if the teams screw up the kick. Um, because if you screw up a kick, yeah, it's yeah. You you, don't, you I, I think they just don't want to have people like having long drives. They wanted like more of a high scoring, like yeah, more high scoring mental basset or high scoring feel, I should say. And this is different from the NFL, obviously, because for one, everyone kind of well, NFL really does encourage a lot of more touch, a lot of touchbacks, uh, but a lot of teams are trying to kick kind of at the front of the end zone because they feel like they can uh, tackle people before the 25-yard line. So they made NFL made some changes not too long ago, but it's not as extreme as the XFL. I am digging the XFL kickoffs a lot more, for starters. Uh, that's just me personally, and I believe. Let's see here. In XFL kickoffs are only 6% of the plays bleed to 21% of the concussions. Yet XFL explains to eliminate safety issues with kickoffs, the NCAA and NFL created more opportunities for touchbacks. To the increase in touchbacks naturally, naturally leads to fewer returns, which means fewer meaningful plays. The XFL proposed rule will encourage more kickoffs by eliminating the 30 point, the 80 yard sprint collision. Correct. At least in my opinions. Another really cool aspect, which uh, which is, creates a lot of uh, different opportunities, and especially for the uh, gambling world, is that there's no more extra points in the XFL. As in, like, there's no extra point field goal attempts. Uh, instead, they have a three-point tiered system, uh, which is pretty simple. Uh, you get one point if you run a play from the two-yard line, two points if you run a play from the five-yard line, and three points by running a play at the ten-yard line. No, no kicking points are allowed. If the defense returns a turnover, it gets how many, how many points for which team on the offense was going. This, so this makes it fun because an 18-point game is just two possessions. If you can score, yeah, you score two nine points. So, uh, so when it comes to play designs, like we're only in season one, 
So the amount of play play designs and play plays that might happen, or you know, different types of schemes, uh, it's still. I mean, it's unlimited in general, but like there's just so much innovation that has that will happen, that has to happen, and once teams figure it out, that's going to be, I don't, it's going to be sweet. Uh, and I feel like a lot of teams are starting to get into the groove of it of things, especially since like week four, when they're figuring out like the level of play, like how this, like how actual games function, uh, and get get the feel for more in-game scenarios. So. If you are an XFL coach that has trouble sleeping and you're listening or someone that's on an XFL team, uh, please take my advice here. That mathematically, it makes the most sense for the... If we're talking about points per... Like, point values, um, running the one-point play from the T-yard line, that's... You know, that should be fairly easy, but, like, the difference between a T-yard line and the five-yard play, uh, really, at least at this point in XFL, isn't too much. Like, like the degree of difficulty from going from two yards to five yards shouldn't be two times X. Uh, it might be like a 30% increase in difficulty, but you get an extra point. So you get 100% uh, increase in points potentially for only like a 20 or 30% like increase in risk. Um, fairly low risk, uh, good size reward. Whereas a three point, you have to go five times the amount of length. Uh, I, I, I had to stick with the same metrics here. You have to go probably from a um, you know, 20-30% chance risk uh, of, like, failure from 2 to 5 to almost like 70 or 80% uh, and at the 10-year line. So I think uh, long-term going for 3 points is probably is not the most optimal play. 1 point is fairly optimal, but the most bang for your buck that should almost be the standard is the 2 points. Uh, I feel like the 5-year line, too, is curates a lot of interesting plays, a lot of interesting dynamics, but a lot of teams should be going for 2. Um, go for three for down in certain scenarios and you have to kind of figure out how much time you have to have left on the clock and and a lot of these things are still going to be figured out throughout the season. Now, before I go on, I have to mention that I've only been, been able to watch a limited amount of games. Uh, keep that in mind uh, because I'm going to be circling back to that soon. And the cool thing about these rule changes is that for me, I think like it's just new and it's different, but it's also interesting and fun. So like new and different is good enough to get your attention, but interesting and fun, and I don't know, it keeps the interest going. Now, there's some other rule changes too. Overtime rules are brand new. Uh, I don't think we've had an overtime yet, because a lot of people complain about the NFL overtime, and personally, I think the NFL overtime system is actually perfect. Uh, Ideally, at the end of the day, you want to have a fifty. You want to have a 50 fifty percent win ratio, one way or the other. There's not one team that has a significant advantage, and we I think we all use our recency bias in the NFL for the overtime system to uh, justify that. But really, I'd like the NFL the way it is. It's the reason why I love the NFL is that it's it's very bastardizing in the sense of like if you screw up once, like a pick six can ruin the game, and. Um, the whole field goal thing at the end of overtime to win the game before was kind of cheap, and their adjustment, I think, was phenomenal. Is that, hey, both teams get the ball for field goal. We're stopping the cheapness of the field goal. But at the end of the day, if they're going to score a touchdown first, you deserve to lose. Like, you should have had yet four quarters to get them to wherever they needed to to stop them. And if you gave up that extra touchdown, that, that's blouses for you guys. Versus a field goal where it's just like, oh, yeah, they got a field goal. They snuck with the victory. You at least have one chance to go back with it. So... Uh, so, 
I like the NFL's bastardizing rules. Like, it, like there's 16 games in the NFL season. Each game is very important. You can't screw up a play. You have to be on it all the time. And the overtime system, at least in the NFL, uh, it, it fits fits that mantra. However, the XFL, uh, we have not seen this yet, I believe. So overtime does consist of five rounds, staged in alternating alternating single-play possessions as a customary as is customary in NHL shootouts or MLS penalty kicks. A round will consist of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. The team with more than with more points after five rounds is the winner. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, some minor rule changes. The double forward pass. So you can you can pass forward twice uh, in or behind the line of scrimmage. Which is interesting, but I haven't seen teams utilize it yet. Um, so, same thing, if you pass a line of scr scrimmage, you can't do any forward passes. However, what I find interesting in this is that there are so many different plays that could be done that exist with the double forward pass. Because now, you can actually forward, like, you can create a... You can create ridiculously long plays by having a pitch out for someone who can do a forward pass from like running back down the road. But what they don't realize is that if you wanted to have like, if you wanted to run like an option play, and and you have a quarterback and you have like a wide receiver or a running back that can throw, you know, you can you you can be a quarterback and like pretend to run across the line of scrimmage or do an option pass it backwards to a wide receiver. But since the ball has not passed the forward line of scrimmage quarterback can actually just pretend to block or, or go back to where he was before or the running back can technically run backwards and throw it, throw a forward pass to the quarterback who could still be behind the line of scrimmage he can toss it back to him regardless of forward or backwards, which, which I've seen no one do no one do yet then the quarterback can then get the ball and still throw it down the field like so there ha I feel like there aren't enough fake outs for double forward passes because people because we're going to try to do a double forward pass it's going to be very obvious because I think the idea that they mentioned a double forward pass is just to get rid of the nuance of what's kind of behind or forward or something like that it kind of keeps teams always ready to catch the ball but but when you throw a forward pass and the quarterback's only like behind like four yards behind the line of scrimmage the ball's going to take time to catch and defenders are going to get back and react accordingly so uh, or run towards you accordingly and you might not have time to be as a wide receiver or running back to catch the ball and then pass and then pass it again so there needs to be more fake outs with that like there has to be like pitches that result in a forward pass back to the quarterback and I'm surprised, I'm surprised no no one has thought about this or even evolved that so if you happen to be an XFL someone in the in an XFL organization organization uh, I'm really surprised that I have not seen that. Uh, so, yeah, there's a much faster play block. XFL's 25-second play clock. That's its pay block on the game. It's play clock. Uh, compared to the NFL's 40-second play clock, the 15 seconds might not sound like a lot, but this is definitely felt on the field. Uh, a lot faster pace. And considering I, talk, I talked about dead time last episode, uh, that that's, yeah, it limits the dead time. So it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have a comeback period as well after the final two-minute warning. There are a few tweaks to allow teams more time to come back. That's the comeback period. 
uh, on the end of place, sorry, at the end, at place at the end of the field of play, the game clock to stop until the ball has been spotted and five seconds have run off the play clock. Uh, this makes it so that teams cannot run off the clock until there is only one minute remaining. So yeah, I mean that's compared to the two. So it keeps things pretty interesting, and uh, those are going to be the big ones. Oh so, yeah, actually there's there's a two more that I want to point out. Uh, teams have two timeouts per half as opposed to three, and then players just need one foot inbound instead of two. Uh, so it makes it easier to determine catches, which will lead to faster reviews. I'm personally a big fan of the two uh, foot, but uh, that's just my preference. I don't know if you guys like the one or two foot. That's probably if you're like a college football fan or NFL, you probably have your own preference. So those are the major rule change, uh, rule variations, uh, at least I wanted to point out. And at this point, after a few weeks, we've seen them in action. So, like... So why am I interested in the NFL? Uh, so going back to what I said earlier, uh, with the rule changes, uh, they certainly add a unique twist to the XFL. I've been really been wanting to watch every single game. I've been watching almost all the highlights of every game. I've been watching. I've watched a few games as when I can, and that's why that's one the reason why I don't talk about uh, talk about XFL betting is because unlike the NFL, uh, I don't know the flow for the XFL yet. I don't know the team specifically. Uh, we're, there are some emerging stars that are popping up. But the big thing that keeps me interested is that I love football. And the problem is, and I think a lot of people have this too, at least for now, is that the NFL has had a huge start. Like they, I think they're in the league, they've been around for like 100 years now, like officially 100 years. Whereas XFL has only been around, like this iteration has been around five weeks. And I think the problem is that, one, I'm a casual fan. I'm a casual XFL fan. I don't have a home team. I have teams that look pretty cool. I have players that I think are awesome. Uh, but there still isn't enough time for me to build any loyalty. There isn't enough time for me to um, pick a team that I really want to root for or really like. Uh, I do like this. I do love St. Uh, Louis a lot. I like St. Louis. Uh, I think their quarterback actually is a pretty, uh, I think Ta'amu, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's pr he's probably the, s the second best player in the league. Sneaky, sneaky number two. I don't know why people aren't talking about him. Uh, but he, uh, but as a casual fan, I should say before I go off tangent, is that I don't have, I, I feel like I have better things to do on weekends than to watch football on Saturday and Sunday at this time of the year. So I want to make that clear, at this time of the year. So XFL is right after Super Bowl and kind of like before before baseball starts and, and before college football. Uh, there's still a lot of competing sports, like NBA, uh, March Madness. Um, I think for some people like NASCAR. So the NFL or the XFL is competing against other sports um, that might have more interest. However... I think where it's placed right now is fine. Uh, the problem is people like me, um, who, I mean, I generally don't watch TV on weekends, uh, and if I do, I'm usually Netflixing. Uh, the only time I go out, of, I really go out of my way to watch NFL in the fall, uh, but after the football season's done, I'm already kind of mentally checked out of, of football in general. And uh, the XFL is at a point to where like I'm not I'm not forcing myself to watch football if I feel like I'm watching it, but it's it's at the level to me 
based on my interest. And this might be to other people as well. Um, but like I said, I feel like I'm a casual in the NFL at, at this level uh, for the XFL. Uh, is because I'm kind of worn out. I'm worn out. Worn? 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 Worn out. Whatever. <laughs> but I'm pretty worn out about the whole um, NFL and, and not the NFL, but just football play. But I'm interested in watching it. But my level of commitment of watching the XFL is still not there yet. It's like, it's at the, all the things that I would go out of my way to watch versus all the things I would avoid doing on a scale of 1 to 10. Or let's give it like negative, yeah, 1 to 10 or 0 to 10. 0 is like I want to avoid it completely. Um, or I would I literally would just go, like, I would just avoid it. And 10 is like I would go out of my way to go to the games and be involved as I can. The NFL is probably like an 8 or a 9 where I'm heavily involved. I'm a big fan of the product in general mainly because I like to bet on stuff so that's my interest but uh, you don't have my own, my own teams there's a lot of dynamic players in the NFL uh, that do awesome stuff and I've been watching it for years so for me it's tradition I watch it and it's a good it's a pretty solid product especially with more of the recent changes uh, despite what, what most people think that's just my two cents whereas the XFL it's like at a five or a six and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, because when you're at five or six, it's kind of at a way to where I'm not going to go out of my way to watch the XFL. But if it's on, and if it's on, I'm going to watch it. Now, uh, it's, I'd say a six, because it's not, it's not at the point which where if, if, it, if there's anything, if there's nothing else on, I'd watch it. That's not the thing. It's just, it's just saying if there's some, if, if it's on, I'll watch it. Okay, so I'm not exactly going out of my way to watch it, but if, I, if there's time available, or I turn it on and turn it on and there's a game, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to look for any alternatives to watch. I, you know, That's kind of where I feel the XFL is at right now, at least with my interest level. Uh, and I feel like that might be more of like the casual fan that I'm representing there. I don't think that's every fan. Uh, I do like to see, or yeah, I do like to see what I'm, or some of the things I'm like, I'm seeing in the, in the XFL is that uh, there there is a lot of, uh, still a lot of hype, but there is a lot of interesting play. Uh, the quality of play, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people mentioned this too, has been directly related off of the QB. Uh, generally, a lot of pocket QBs, uh, they tend to not do as well. And that might be because defense and offensive like linemen play hasn't really been up to par. So a QB that's generally in the pocket that's forced to scramble isn't going to do as well as a mobile quarterback that's kind of used to more of that dynamic. Uh, one of the things that I would consider is a huge takeaway from this, though, uh, from the XFL, is that XFL really loves, and it seems like XFL teams are really thriving with dynamic quarterbacks that are mobile, that can create plays. And I think the XFL is a like it, it's it's a it's a breeding ground of developing quarterbacks in that 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 capacity, and we're seeing NFL quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, ones that are being more transcendent in like their skill set and being like a dual threat. And Patrick Mahomes isn't is not fast. He's just very elusive. And Russell Wilson's like he's like an uh, athletic freak. But like we're seeing like we're seeing a lot of the old school like pocket QBs kind of start dying down. Uh, and we're seeing more of the rise of like the mobile quarterbacks. And each has their own place and their own systems. But I think like the meta, <laughs> the meta or like the or the trend. Uh, that XFL is bringing uh, should start shedding over to the NFL, I, I would think. And 
Uh, talent is uh, talent is obviously not there yet, um, but the product itself is is unique and good. And I think the quality of play has been getting better week over week. The teams are having strategies, they're having ideas, concepts. Um, what what I love seeing, especially, are the crowds, uh, especially St. Louis and Seattle. Those are like my two. Because um, I, I don't know when I'm watching it on TV, I love seeing full crowds it just means like you know the sixth or the twelfth man is there the teams are heavily involved and that's kind of part of like the story that's being told anyway when you're when you're watching sports is that as a fan you have some sort of influence on how the team can react especially if you act as a unit and we're, we're seeing that a little bit more and I think we're I think there's a stat where it's like home teams win a significant majority of the time in the XFL so uh, that might have to do with like mental toughness for certain teams as well. Uh, obviously, a lot of these teams are finally like playing professionally, and they're getting used to the they're getting they're getting experience and learning how to win on the road or learning how to overcome adversity. More so at a level that's not collegiate, and they're getting the opportunities to try it, especially if they're for, like from the NFL or from a different league that might have but that might not have been taken as seriously, or sorry, I say the NFL in which they weren't playing at. At capacity, so they're getting the reps and they're getting that uh, experience and play in. Uh, so I, I am, I don't know. The product keeps me really interested. There, are, it took a few weeks, but there are starting to be like breakout stars. Like I think it's like PJ Walker. Uh, I mentioned the, the quarterback from St. Louis. A lot of the stars are more from, are more quarterback based, and that's fine. Uh, I'd rather have star. I'd rather have stars than no stars in the league. And it's, you know, it's, it's a lot harder for people to see, like, oh, who's worth watching, both team and player-wise, if you're, if you don't know, like, who's even playing. Uh, I think it's been enough time now to where a lot of the teams in the XFL, like, there's, people are starting to get more familiar with, like, the team names, the cities. I'm not a thousand percent there. I probably can name it off, like, not off the top of my head, but if you give me the cities, I can finish off, like, the team names. But... Uh, the teams that I really enjoy watching, just personally, are, I don't know, the Dallas Renegades I find interesting, the Houston Roughnecks are offensive juggernaut, St. Louis Battlehawks I always find to be uh, pretty unique, and Seattle Dragons tend to be hit or miss, but, uh, but uh, yeah, the Houston Roughnecks are good, I think I mentioned that too, so at least four or five teams are fairly dynamic, uh, at least that I've seen so far, uh, the, the Guardians and then I think the LA Wildcats are probably lackluster uh, however I love the product <laughs> now there are some pros and cons and I think I was all the things I was talking about talking the XFL up I think I would consider those pros as for cons uh, more specifically uh, the cons of the XFL uh, again the gameplay it's still fairly new and the level of talent on there is not the greatest. I mean, some of these, uh, I don't want to say like they're NFL washouts compared to like people online, uh, but there might be like practice squad people, people from the NFL that just don't have enough playing time or they might have gotten cut. Uh, there is going to be some uh, college talent. I think there is a defensive defensive end from the St. Louis uh, Battlehawks. Did I say that right? I want to make sure. Yeah, St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, that he had to uh, he was ineligible to play for the NCAA because he had a transfer. 
and as opposed to waiting a year before being NFL draft eligible, uh, he took the XFL route. So he can get paid, he can pay off, he can help pay medical bills while gaining legit experience to prepare himself for the NFL while getting videotape, scouting, and a lot of eyes on him. So he's more or less creating a blueprint for other potential high school or freshman college athletes to take without waiting to, you know, to get practical experience from legitimate teams. At least in my head, I'm going to say legitimate for now because the quality of play is kind of, it has at least matched that level uh, compared to college. And I don't get what people say about like, oh yeah, they can go to college, it's better, or it's whatever. Like, people are getting paid in the XFL compared to college. And the XFL really would love to find up-and-coming talent, find un undiscovered talent, and groom them. Whether if it's for the NFL or if the XFL does keep taking off and it keeps growing in popularity, then they can they can afford to play or pay their stars more. They can afford to pay their players more um, to keep them incentivized into growing the league. So uh, that's going to be interesting too. Over a while, is that the con about the XFL? At least how I'm seeing it in the future is that the star power of the league uh, might get pulled away into the NFL um, versus you know someone that might not. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, versus. Versus them building their own stars for long term. Like I said, PJ Walker. I think, uh, like I think he was cut from the Colts, so he's certainly going to get like another another NFL look. And I think the Ta'amu guy. Uh, he, I have no, I don't know his story. Uh, but all I know is that he just he he already screams like he should be NFL material. I, I get that sense, or at least he's got he's carrying that swag. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and there's going to be a lot of things that uh, there's going to be a lot of I don't want to say fallout, but there's going to be a lot of uh, dynamics that are going to change uh, next year at the NFL because with the XFL experience and players coming in, they're really going to test themselves in the NFL again. Uh, and for some players that might have been in the NFL that just needed maybe it could be a confidence thing, it could be all in their head, or it could just be like hey, like maybe they weren't even in the right situation when they go to the XFL and start to and thriving. Uh, that we can start seeing how that translates back to the NFL once they make it there. Who knows? Uh, it, like I said, it's certainly going to be very interesting as time progresses. Now, as for the attendance, let's talk about that. So, a lot of people uh, really want to talk more specifically about like the trends of attendance and TV ratings, because people like me like I. I like to watch the product but like with the new startup league there's going to be a lot of skeptics that don't want to emotionally invest in something that could go away and that is a very valid point definitely not going to discredit anyone for that that makes total sense however if you spend time to watch the league and for a few weeks look at the highlights and at least for me look at the trends uh, they are looking incredibly encouraging now, the first week, a lot of people are talking about, like, hey, they had great ratings, like, the product like, looks fun, people are talking about it. What um, what more and more people are saying out, out of the recent weeks is that the ratings have been declining, I think, four straight, or three, yeah, declines for three of the four XFL games. Ratings decline. So, looking at TV viewership, just starting there, uh, the last few weeks have, have been, quote-unquote, declining where I think it started around like 3 million views on the major networks at the opening week. 
has gone down to about like I think around 1.4 million. Uh, yeah, or no, sorry, 1.6 million. And according to uh, NBC Sports, the XFL's early Saturday game on ABC dropped from 1.9 million viewers on week three to 1.6 million viewers on week four. Uh, last Saturday's game on Fox dropped from 2.1 million viewers on week three to 1.8 million viewers on week four. And Sunday's game on ESPN drew 1.5 million viewers on week three, while week four on ESPN2, oh, you got to get out of here, is 1.0. FS1 has drew uh, 1.0 million viewers in week three, but increased to 1.1 million viewers in week four. So this already tells me that the data points that they're taking are crap. I have no idea why NBC is reporting these numbers as if like they're all apples to apples but uh the good idea a good idea to get when you're looking at ratings is to kind of establish a baseline or just bottom line metric because if you're comparing uh 1.5 million viewers on a game on a sunday game for espn and then compare it to a different channel ESPN2, and I don't have ESPN2 for starters. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Like, I, I, have bar- I barely even have cable. So I just have ESPN to watch sports. So I don't have ESPN2. So you're going on a completely, like, secondary channel, like a high, super premium channel, to, um, lost a half a million viewers. Like, you're not comparing apples to apples. Uh, they would need to compare Sundays. They would compare yeah, week two... ESPN to week three ESPN. Like you, you can't go ESPN to ESPN two. Like that makes everything invalid. However, the ones that they mentioned between ABC going from 1.9 to 1.6 and then Fox going from 2.1 to 1.8, those drops, uh, I think, drop them respectively around like 10 to 15% off the top of my head. Now, now the numbers, I think it went from like 3 million to like 2 million to like point. Or yeah, like 3 million to... I don't know, I think it's had like a 40% drop the fir- from week 1 to 2, and then like a 30% drop from like week 2 to 3, and then I think this time it's been like a 15% drop week 3 to 4. So, a person that's looking at these numbers saying, it's going down and down and down, that's true. That's like what a pessimist would say, but what a, uh, at least in my opinion, what an analyst or someone who's looking at trends would say is like, well, how much of it's declining? Are they looking at like the same metrics? And seeing almost a, like a decreasing percentage of people dropping off in viewership is a good sign. And it's not like it's, and it's not like these are small um, amounts. Like it's not going from, we dropped from 50% week one in viewership and then dropped another like 30% week two and then dropped 25% week three and then dropped 20% week four. It's like, no, those are, those are steep percentages that people are dropping off. We go from like, I think a 40% drop to like a 20% drop to like barely a 15% drop almost a 10% drop in some cases. Uh, yeah, even Fox was barely a 10% drop. So so we're seeing we're, we're seeing a trough, or like it's, it's bottoming out and declining viewership, at least among similar channels on similar days. Now, there's still different factors between like the teams that are playing, because at this point, we're going to be looking at trends of teams that are good versus trends or teams that are bad, or teams with big markets versus teams that are small markets. And... And at that point, like those are the metrics that, you know, people from the NFL compare like ratings from anyway. And in regards to attendance records, uh, I think uh, the attendance tends to be the same. I think it was across the boards. So uh, I'm trying to pull up a XFL 
attendances, yes. So, uh, last week, the XFL attendance did decline for the first time in the season. Uh, that's not to be surprising because uh, the week one attendance among, among all places when everything was kind of new uh, was about 70,000, 69,818. And Los Angeles, let's see, Houston had attendance of 17K, DC had I'm, I'm saying at the teams, like these are the home teams to give you ideas of trends. Uh, the New York team had 17K and Dallas had 17K. So every single team or place had about 17K worth of interest like the opening week. Um, the XFL attendance on week two jumped up from 69K to 76K. So live attendance, again, that's feeling good. Uh, Seattle had almost 30,000 people. DC Defenders, I think, had 15,000. That, that was their second game, so they dropped like 2,000 people. LA Wildcats, they lost, I think, their first game. Went, um, so they had a lower attendance about 15k and then the Houston Roughnecks uh, actually had about the same attendance and maybe they lost like 600 people again that's not too crazy especially going from week one to week two like we're, we're seeing like the home teams showing up like different types different home teams popping up uh, and then week three attendance went up again to 82,000 okay so we had three straight weeks of like of interest but that isn't too surprising uh, mainly because Seattle, Seattle's attendance did drop from week two to week three by 7,000, which is kind of alarming, I will, I will admit. Uh, but St. Louis came in with 29,000 as well, like their own amount. And then the LA Wildcats, I think, had their second home game, and they dropped 12K. And then the Tampa Bay Vipers, I think that was their first game, first home game, and they had 18,000. So, the, like, the initial interest of, like, these first home games was still there. But... Week four is probably like the first baseline of what we're seeing with attendance for home teams that either might have good records that are playing good or or measuring like the previous interest of the team from weeks prior. So we can get a better idea of the split. So uh, week four attendance was at 70K, which was matching, which matched the opening XFL attendance weekend records. And is that good? Is that bad? Well, let's take a look. So... The Tampa Bay Vipers had their second home game, and they dropped from 18,000 in attendance to 12,000. Now, Tampa Bay Vipers are one of the worst teams in the league, even though they won well. So that dip isn't too expected. Same with New York Guardians. They're a team that's fairly trash at the moment. Uh, they had an opening weekend of 17,000, and them being, I think, winless created like a 12,000 crowd. So if you're a terrible team, you're probably getting like 30 or 40% less attendance. Now, teams that are kind of in the middle of the road, um, looking at Dallas here, uh, had 18,000 visitors, or, yeah, people in the stands uh, last week. And on week two, I don't know, I think they were the first week. Yeah, they had 17,000. So Dallas actually went up in week four by, like, 1,000. And then St. Louis went down about 2,000 after, like, the opening weekend. But a lot of these teams... 10 are, are seeing either troughs right now uh at least that's what i'm what i'm looking at so uh, if we're looking at total attendance leaders uh according to fan buzz here um la and new york have the lowest at twenty-seven thousand and twenty-nine thousand, and followed by tampa bay at thirty thousand. like as of two games at being at home whereas st louis seattle dallas houston in D.C., well, St. Louis has almost 60,000 after two games. Seattle has over 51,000. Um, 
teams that really love their NFL markets are thriving, and teams that have a billion other things to do, like New York and LA, are not. So, in regards to attendance, uh, both, it's no coincidence that the teams that are the worst are kind of at the bottom anyway. So, I'd say these numbers aren't going to change too much uh, now that they're now that the worst team, or at least I think the last one this team, uh, Tampa Bay, did win their game. So the TV trends, I feel like they're 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 troughing right now. I think it's going to continue to trough, probably until about weeks seven. Uh, yeah, I'd say about week seven or eight, because when people are talking about playoff implications and how that works that's when that general interest will start popping up because people love, at least in my experience, they love storylines. They love talking about what, what, what stories, what drama, like what's being told. You know, if you're just, like, X-Files just started out as a product that people weren't sure what to expect. It's a fun, innovative league, at least what, what I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, it draws interest. But if, you're, if I'm just watching uh, just people without names, without any personalities, without any stories... You know, I'm only just rooting for a team, and I might not be a team I'm interested in. So, like, I'm only just watching football for football's sake. Uh, comparing the NFL, uh, people have their own fandoms. They're watching their team. They're watching players. They're watching social media. They're watching offensive. Like, there, there's many reasons to watch. Um, and XFL, at least to me, needs to, not needs to, but, like, they're currently developing, like, these storylines. They're creating playoffs. They're creating... They're not creating, but like they're in the process of doing like the first inaugural inaugural uh, pushes of these. So once the playoff starts, I would imagine there'd be a lot more interest, especially like the last few weeks uh, when there are more meaningful games and there's a definitive idea of like what teams are going where and kind of that idea. And then uh, for the playoffs, be really interested to see how that goes. Uh, the attendance for these games, I would expect the teams like New York and LA to kind of continue to trough out, or sorry, to continue to go down, but I think that's going to actually start holding steady moving forward. I know two games for each home team isn't enough of a sample size, but looking at NFL teams in general and how they operate and what their fans love, uh, I can't imagine these numbers changing too much, especially as we get closer to the end of the season. So we're heading into week five right now, and again, for the next three weeks, I can imagine the trend is slightly going down, declining again, uh, but not as much as what people are saying. It's probably going to drop out on top of week seven and then go up. Uh, as the confidence that I say this in, uh, I, it's very rare that I speak confidently about uh, future, about the future stuff, unless it's like a bet or a sports bet or something along those lines. Um, but I feel like in my heart of hearts, like that's going to be the trend here. Uh, and I would be quite surprised that, you know, like, for example, if there was a XFL team nearby, like if there was a Chicago one, I might go to a Chicago game. If there was a Chicago XFL team, if there was a Detroit XFL team, I would go frequently, or even like Grand Rapids. But there isn't, so I don't have that much of a vested interest in that league specifically outside of the product. Um, so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that's going to change over time. Now... Uh, betting trends, or, yeah, betting trends. I know I I created, like, a list of things I wanted to talk about, and I didn't think I was actually going to stick with it, but as for betting trends in the XFL, 
Uh, I am kind of disappointed that there isn't enough betting in the XFL. Uh, it sounds crazy, but like I've read some things on Twitter where the live play, and this is what I think is actually going to be the backbone of the XFL moving forward that, NF that the NFL is probably going to take, take away, or take and create their own thing from it, is the XFL is very, is very open with betting. You know, if you look at the score, if you look at like the teams and the graphics, they already give like the the uh, the spreads at each team, like over unders, and they talk more specifically with like sports betting, even in their announcing, like with prop bets and whatnot, which is great because they're fully like uh, uh, embracing the the new trend in sports sports betting and sports gambling. But by doing so. Uh, they've created, I think, a lot more live action for like sports books. So like, like you watch the game live, and you can make bets next there in real time. And they're seeing a lot more action like week over week in betting uh, for the XFL. And for me, like for a lot of people who are new to a league that they don't have any, they don't have any city loyalty, or they don't have a team loyalty, or they, a star loyalty, or something that's unsure. They're, create, they're creating an incentive to actually watch the games themselves, enjoy the games, and bet on them. So they're gaining, they're getting a lot of people who one love football, two like the sweat of like sports bet who love sports in general, and they can win them over by actually having a good product. So I think there's going to be a lot of more bet. There's going to be more betting trends in the future that I think uh, that's actually going to start being the backbone of what keeps uh, these these going, and. Uh, there's one thing I'm really surprised at, though. And this is something, though, if you are someone who is looking to get into sports journalism, if you're looking to uh, get break into a sporting league, I think the XFL is a prime opportunity for people. If you're listening right now and you're still awake, one, eat a Mandarin. Two, listen to what I'm saying here. Because I, th I do think there is a huge gap in... XFL job demand and supply. Assuming the XFL, XFL is a league in their, in their operations, uh, Vince is actually going to stick stick with the league for three years, as he, as he says. It's technically up to us, like fans, players, to support that league if we feel like it's worth our time, our value, or money, or worth whatever that we want to invest in. And the biggest thing to invest in um, that we actually have in control of is discussing what we like about the XFL, spreading the word, and not just the word of saying, hey, you know, XFL, watch it. Like, no, we, you, we actually have to provide reasons, or you actually have to, like, get people who might be interested, who are on the fence. You have to let them know, like, hey, like, like hey, like, I like the XFL. You want to check out with me? You want to sports bet at a bar and do these things? Like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like with the NFL, I feel like I have my own team. I love watching other teams with good players. I think the product's pretty decent as is, um, but I love the innovations of the XFL, and I love how they tackle some of the play, like some of the plays that used to be awesome, and they and they're changing it around. Um, the quality of play is going to get there, um, but I think it's up to us if you want a job or if you want to actually start getting paid to talk about the XFL is that you can go to most websites right now. You can go to NBC, you can go to, I don't know, type in XFL. Like, if I type in XFL scores, I don't think Google does a good job of actually, like, categorizing 
like the XFL scores as needed. Uh, if you wanted to type in like XFL like articles or stats or numbers or betting trends, like there isn't enough analysis out there for people to look, soak, and digest. So if you wanted to create your own like XFL specific sports site that goes that goes involved, like there's nothing out there that exists. If you want to have like look at like next level metrics or those things, like team up with a team that team up with like 538 or teams that have like people that are involved in numbers but convince the case that like you could be the guy that writes the content that you just need to have you just need to be working with someone who can like crunch the numbers in faster than what you can like crank out with with your writing uh when it comes to even like looking at like sports analytics i mean that's not too crazy to reach out to one of these teams like next season and be like hey i've noticed these plays here and these trends, like, I know the NFL is doing NFL analytics, but here's what I've done, and I want to see if I can provide value. Like, there are a lot of jobs that aren't being made yet or created within the XFL that could exist. Like, even looking at XFL attendance numbers, there, there wasn't many that fit the need that I was looking for that wasn't, that wasn't exactly what I'm looking, like, at. Like, I was typing in, like, XFL attendance numbers yeah, XFL attendance numbers. And I get like Fox Business and then Fan Buzz and then XFL News Hub. Like there's some like 247 Sports, USA Today, Wrestling Inc. So outside of like the top two sites, like there's so much content. Like if you ever want to get into the XFL live play, like, like there's enough content. And if you go on YouTube, like if you want to have a YouTube channel and talk more about the XFL, maybe a podcast. I know I'm talking the X, about the XFL in this specific ep- episode, and I don't want to leave people the wrong way. This is not an XFL podcast. This is just something that I'm interested in, and hopefully I'm, fingers crossed, I'm right when it comes to my predictions, because I, I don't know, I enjoy being right. But but there aren't many people talking about XFL attendances. There are not many people who are gathering like the numbers that they see on Twitter and like giving them credit. There's just so much out there that that might not be relevant, but it is relevant for, for people that are interested in it and I feel like XFL bettings, XFL tenants, XFL articles about like stars and even coverage like I saw something on Reddit that was just like uh, hey like here's a real article that talks about XFL and not just something or you know real journalism and it got me thinking like hey like they're right like there aren't many sites like CBS or many major sports networks that are tackling this and in my experience it's not because they don't know I mean, it's, it primarily is not, I can't say it's not, but it's primarily not because they don't think it's worth their time. Most of it's like they just don't have the resources or there's just no one to say, hey, this is a good idea. Like, I'll take charge of it. Because uh, the moment you're solving that problem, the company's going to be like, okay, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like, these co- like most of these major news networks and companies, they're making money and they're making a lot of money and they're making a lot of money while talking about the things that you'd like to talk about you know if it's related to the xfl but like they talk about their own sports they have to have their own articles but they're not talking about a specific niche that is still undecided yet so if you're someone who's i believe like that's more willing to buy into the xfl that believes in it long term that might find your break into talking about sports in general like i think the xfl is a good route to pitch yourself to either sites uh, major sites. I'm not talking about like blogs. I'm talking about like NBC, like I think Fanbase is number two. Like 
sports sites, USA Today, uh, yeah, ABC Sports, Pro Football Talk. I mean, there's so many sites out there, like Yahoo, uh, SI. Like, there are a lot of these, a lot of these uh, sites that you could just go and be like, hey, like, here are these types of things I want to talk about, the XFL that people want to talk about. Here's what's important. Let's do this. You know, that... I, I think logically that makes a lot of sense. Like you're, like for me, there's a problem that needs to be solved, and then it's an untapped market. And I feel like it's a chicken and egg thing. You just need, you need more coverage. And they are they're on the major news networks, but what about the internet? Like they're on, they do YouTube stuff, and it's great. But like there needs to be more discussions. Like on YouTube, there's like four guys that talk about the XFL. There's not, there's that much more. Like I'll go on YouTube right now, and I can type in uh, XFL. Now you're not getting millions of views. But you're getting a very deep, a very deep amount of discussions and interest in this. So uh, I'll go by upload date, not by relevance. I'll type in XFL, upload date, and yeah, even something that is like XFL Chalk Talk. It's like a new channel. Eight things we learned from the XFL Week Four. They've already had 2,300 viewers stream 13 hours ago. Uh, week 5 preview game plan that came out 15 hours ago. It's already got like 60 views. That's kind of corny looking, but whatever. But like, a there's a lot of XFL stuff that... Let's see here. Home opener, 279, 5 minutes. Power rankings, XFL power rankings, 216 views one day ago. XFL news, week 5 power rankings from another guy. 1,000 views. So, readings declining, XFL in trouble from Flynn... Flemlo Raps. I've watched a couple of his videos. I like what he talks about with the XFL. He's kind of straight to the point. It's like the opposite of this podcast. But but like 200,000 views. So uh, I'm actually interested in this Flemlo guy. Because uh, I don't know how many subscribers he's got. Yeah, and most of his... Yeah, so most of the stuff he talks about... He, yeah, he gets like a couple hundred thousand. So... The XFL stuff isn't out of the ordinary uh, compared to all of his other materials, and he gets a lot of views. So, I mean, for me, these are like indicators of saying, like, oh, yeah, the general cr crowd either likes this guy or, or they like his subjects that he's talking about. But if his XFL videos and other people's XFL videos are performing at or better than their other material, then those are indicators that say, hey, like, there is an interest in people talking about it or talking about starters, leagues, betting. Uh, trends, and I think that's only going to grow over time. Just my two cents, though. But, I, like I said, I do think it's there. If you could fully justify, just go to, like I said, just go and say, like, I'll cover these things. Oh, here's some articles I've written. You know, here, like, it's not that hard. Like, anyone can write. Just write what you see. And I think the XML coverage in general. It's been on all major networks. I think that's fine. Um, I do think the betting, though, uh, I know I talk about in-game betting, but like I'm going, I looked at like both my bookie and Bet Online, and they don't have any money line odds, which is very sad because those are that's pretty much would be my bread and butter. Uh, but the league is still too fresh, and I haven't had enough information to actually start making picks on the teams. So uh, I think some of the spreads I think I saw was like the Houston game was like a plus 13 over I think the team that they're facing this week. I don't know, or minus 13, one of those odds. And I think that's ridiculous, but I also 
have not watched full games, and I usually do my betting based off of watching uh, full games, team dynamics, kind of what's going on in the season, how momentum goes, both like on a team aspect and then like on a micro and macro. So I have my own logic behind it. Uh, and last season with the NFL, I've won 70% of my spreads. Uh, while like the money lines, I think I was just slightly profitable overall with a losing record, but slightly profitable. And then a uh, playoffs for its own beast, but I still came, came out ahead with a spectacular, I don't know why I say it that way, but a spectacular uh, national anthem prop bet uh, streak. So, uh, so yeah, I do believe I feel like I know what I'm talking about with when it comes to betting and, sp- and spreads or at the very bottom or at the very least, I can at least feel like I can say, well, last season I did this, my first season, and here's my logic, and hopefully it makes sense. Like, I know I'm not going to win every single bet, but the whole idea behind, like, placing bets, especially in the XFL, uh, well, NFL, but XFL, is that I have to get a good idea of, like, the team flow, how they're playing, and and it still seems a little bit defunct right now, like, and most of these teams, so I'm very hesitant to place bets because my confidence is only about like 55% confidence in some of these. So uh, that's not enough for me to make bets on. The NFL, I'm usually like 60% confident, which I feel like is more than enough to make a bet, but 55% confidence at most. And that's right now. And I feel like I've actually I'd say 50%, 51%. Like that's not, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be at with the XFL betting. Not yet. So, Probably not this season. There's going to be no XFL betting talks. Uh, I might talk more about the XFL uh, at a different point. But, yeah. So, if you are still awake, uh, well, then I'm super sorry. Please uh, try to get some shut eye. Uh, if you are listening at like 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning, if you're listening at 2 in the morning from like 1 a.m. to 3.30 a.m., uh, do yourself a favor, uh, get up, and uh, clean your bathtub. That's, just do that. You know, go <laughs> go to the bathroom, open up your cabinet, and pull out your, whatever, Windex or whatever cleaner, floor, floor cleaner, and clean your bathtub. Do it. Because you're either going to do it, or you're going to say, screw it, your body won't do it, and you'll fall asleep. That's just my, my personal hack. If it's 4 a.m. or later, uh, how about you just get up, uh, eat a mandarin, and just write 10 things you're going to do today and start doing it. It might be a chore, it might be doing anything, but just start your day. Uh, You're probably going to hate me or like me or love me or stab me, I don't know, but like, uh, I think, I don't know, maybe 4.30 at the latest. If it's 4.30, go ahead and start your day. Because you're going to have trouble falling asleep. And you, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of just working with what you're working with the situation you're dealt with. And, uh, and I feel like that's just a little bit too late. I feel like that's early morning time for you to keep start your day and not think about the insomnia. It's just being productive and then come back tonight and late, you know, later, later this evening or tonight, and you, you should be able to fall asleep a little bit earlier. I hope that. That would be the game plan that you follow. Um, and of course, if it's still like fairly early at night, then uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening. I still eat a Mandarin. I'm a big fan of the Mandarin. But 
uh, yeah, that's pretty much it in regards to the XFL. Uh, again, if this is your first time listening, uh, this probably won't be a regular thing, uh, talking about the XFL. However, I do believe that there isn't, there is not enough XFL coverage, and people are talking, there's not enough t- people talking about it, and if there are certain things you would like for me to talk about in relation to the XFL, please uh, feel free to follow me on droolishpodcast at gmail.com, or I should say send me an email, or follow me on Twitter at droolishpodcast. Those are my main two places that I normally uh, hang out, and you can add me on Facebook too, uh, but I I rarely post there. And I'll be more than happy to discuss uh, sports, whatever, with you guys. And if there's enough interest, I will talk more about it. Um, but, uh, but I feel like this is just like, like a nice little sampling of what, uh, what I've been seeing over the last four weeks. I didn't want to talk about the XFL before because I feel like I didn't have enough to talk about. And I didn't want to wait till the end of the season because I like to theorycraft and predict, try to predict some of these things. So, uh, again, I'm probably, we're probably going to see slightly decline, slight declines over the next few weeks, at least with TV ratings, but very slight, uh, and then as we head into week seven, I'd say week eight, maybe week seven, but like seven weeks, eight through ten, when we talk about playoffs, uh, we're going to see, I think we're going to see more interest, especially as storylines develop and stars keep emerging. But uh, I'm I'm, th- I'm pretty excited for the league. Hopefully it stays around for a while. Uh, I will start actually having more time to watch these games, which is going to be great. But, um, but yeah, the next... Actually, before I keep going, I'm going to say we're done with the XFL talk, folks. So if this is your first time, uh, we're, we're done with this. We're done with this. So these are going to be these my, my parting words for you folks at this point. So, so wrapping up with the XFL stuff, I'd love that sport. But in regards to future talks, future episodes, I want to talk more about like whether March Madness or whatever major sporting events coming up. I said this a while back and I'm trying to figure out like what's the best way to go about doing that because it might be like do I talk about like my NCAA bracket? I had, a, I had an idea where I think it's just better if I just did it versus saying it so I'm probably not going to do it if I'm telling you but uh, but I wanted to create a bracket and not discuss the bracket itself, but just kind of discuss what I'm seeing like within each game. Like, I don't want to say I'm picking this over XYZ. It's going to say, like, no, I picked Gonzaga to beat this. And then this game is going to happen here without too much analysis. But what I wanted to do is that after the first week, I was going to continue discussing my bracket for each round as if I was right about every single pick and see how far or wrong or right I was compared to real life. So it'd be like an alter it'll be like a alternative universe bracket like analysis, which has nothing to do with anything, to see how close or far I was off with how things actually happen. Because NCAA brackets are just nuts. I kinda of about the, the doing that, but it just might seem a little bit too far. Might be fun, but it might be a little bit too ridiculous. Um, but there are, like I said, there are brackets that, that exist, um, but I'm not super keen on the NCAA NCAA basketball. Uh, scene, so I feel like I would be a complete donk in that case and just like burn money. Uh, but I don't know if there are like certain sporting events you'd like me to discuss or certain like prop bets, and I'm thinking on prop bets. Let me know. Uh, I'm I am 
admittedly going to say like I will dedicate episodes on prop bets if it matters. Uh, case in point, the Super Bowl prop bets. So, um, but uh, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to dedicate full episodes to all sports talk all the time here. Uh, it's a mix. Like I said, I like mixing things up. But if you do have an interest in sleeping or improving your sleep, uh, and you found some ease or some calmness listening to this podcast, uh, let me know. Uh, I pretty much value your guys' opinions. I always try to talk and do these podcasts in a sense of of helping myself speak out loud, both teaching myself these things that I or, or, or trying to communicate the things that I like about things or things that interest me in a way to where you guys can at least listen and whether or not you take it in, it's up to you. Uh, you know, I'm just a guy that just talks like personally it could be anyone else doing this podcast i just happen to have a voice that i believe uh fits the the mold of helping you sleep but uh i want to again thank you guys for listening i'm super sorry i had a delay uh in releasing these episodes uh again uh, i think depending on when this is released but the last wednesday i had too many time constraints but i've been really wanting to spend more time i'm putting the effort into these podcasts and spending more time uh, setting up segments that I want to talk about and trying to limit the amount of just, uh, I don't want to say winging it because I don't do too much of it, but like just setting up a structure. I feel like I work better within like a framework. doesn't matter whose framework, just a framework that I have to work with and then make it better. So hopefully um, we'll see, I don't know, more stuff with the Droolish podcast. Uh, I know I'm behind on, on social media. I know I don't have any YouTube episodes. Um, I do have ideas that I feel like would make the YouTube listening experience much better, but again, that, well, I don't know, but I want to make sure that doesn't interfere with, you know, the ability to fall asleep or anyone's ability to fall asleep. So that's the key thing in mind. And, uh, yeah, if you are, yeah, if you actually, like I said, support the podcast and you're still awake, uh, please, uh, please consider, uh, giving a review. Uh, I don't want to tell you what to do. It feels kind of weird. Uh, I know I have a marketing background, but I feel like this is technically like an anti-marketing type of podcast. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm glad you guys found it naturally, uh, this podcast naturally, and hopefully I'm able to provide value. But uh, it's really up to you guys to, you know, discuss, offer feedback uh, on the podcast. Or if you really like the podcast, uh, feel free to uh, yeah, consider leaving a positive review on the stores. Uh, in the Apple Pod, I don't, I don't know how to do those specifically. Um, um, I, outside of some tech stuff, like when it comes to the podcasting thing, I, like I, I trust my my host to put it up elsewhere, put it everywhere, and then I, you know, hope and trust you guys to, uh, you know, leave feedback and let me know. Um, I do understand that sleep troubles, and I, most of you are probably sleeping at this point. And that's why I like to talk about the like these little these little tidbits at the very end because uh, you're either you're either someone who cannot sleep right now or you're someone who is a diehard and you just want to be awake and you might not even be listening to this at night. So yeah, let me know. Let me know your feedback, how you listen to the podcast, uh, why you like the podcast, if anything, are there any tweaks you would like or any background noises you you'd want to hear? I can blend in. Uh, I'm still working on, I'm not still working on, but the rainy season's coming up, so I want to start recording a lot more ambient sounds. 
Maybe I might just make YouTube more rain ambiance related, related, and have like more white noise stuff, and then leave people here to be like, hey, here's a voice. And eh, maybe not. I don't know. But either way, uh, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, this XFL talk uh, kind of got your fix. I don't know how many of you guys are XFL fanatics. I know uh, if I had a guess. Uh, if you are an XFL, if you are an XFL fan and you happen to stumble upon this podcast, then uh, then you're probably someone who just wants more coverage and and you just like you just love it. Uh, and if you are not someone who's an XFL fan or haven't watched it, uh, they're they're on Saturdays and Sundays uh, on major networks. So if you're browsing, uh, probably would consider watching a game. Uh, and probably consider watching more games, especially towards the end of the season, because uh, that's probably going to be when uh, that's yeah, that's probably going to be when there's going to be more vested interest. And I'm that super excited. And hopefully, you guys have a great night. And until next time, take care and dream easy. <laughs>